you wear it well. My name is Sophie Chirara, I'm features editor of wearable.com and I'm joined by Michael Saw. Hello. Trinidadian Wolf and Thank editor. You. That is my name. And Connor Allison, who's reporter. Hello. And Little Milk. Little Milk. <laughs> We're just little milk. Big old little yeah, we milk. Go, we go, we're going nicknames, episode two, I like this. Episode no, two. No, we've made it to episode two, it's amazing. Should we, I mean, I think we tease the listeners and don't explain the nicknames just yet. I think we'll save that for potentially like... They have like, to keep listening. Yeah. Like I don't know when we're going to reveal, but just episode keep... Episode li- 345. Yeah, just keep listening and marked the it. big reveals will come. <laughs> And James isn't here. We may have teased last time that James would be here, but he's not. The, the listeners are going to start thinking James isn't real, I think, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Who is this James? We're going to hype up James. Hey, Jedi's are busy, busy people. Yeah. So We're going to hype up James for a number of episodes, and then he's going to appear. Do you think... Do you think <laughs> just be a massive Like a Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the, uh, yeah, the reward for the listeners will be great. They'll, they'll fully appreciate it. Okay, this intro has been derailed. This is what happens. So let's talk about Apple. Apple have a new watch. Series three, mm. two new watches. Series three and yeah, series three with LTE. Yeah, series yeah, series three without the. So it's just GPS essentially, but it's just with the WT uh, W two processor. Um, yeah. So Apple has a new series three mm. WT W two W two processor. It's supposed to be like seventy percent faster. That's right. What is their mica? This is a great processor chat, by the way. Mm, yeah. That's what the people uh, want to know. Ultimeter, is that how you say it? Uh, so yeah, one of the, the big things that was kind of missing from a fitness perspective is an ultimeter, which obviously will measure elevation and is also good for outdoor kind of tracking, for, you know, also for counting your steps and flights of stairs. So it's a good metric to have and it's something it probably should have had in the first place. Mm. Um, with some changes, kind of some minor changes in the heart rate side of things so now you can measure resting heart rate which is obviously a very good indicator of your fitness levels so that's definitely a good thing to see uh in the series watch series three yeah we also like vo2 max is probably is coming as well isn't it and further down the line some gym kit stuff yeah so it's just enhancing apple's kind of fitness credentials yeah. with their smartwatch and you know kind of might be seen as kind of small additions but the grand scheme of things these are things that will definitely improve it as a whole but are they on the Series 3 only, or is that heart rate stuff coming to the old watches, do we know? So we Genuine know like, through Watch OS 4, we will get in the new like heart rate complications. I think you know the graph as well, which is in the heart rate stuff we get. I mean, it's yeah. a bit of a better readout, but yeah, I think yeah, that's all kind of stuff through Watch OS 4. Um, you, I mean, the big thing here is LTE, which we should probably... Yeah, I was about to get, say. Yeah, we should yeah. get into... That's the only real thing. This is, and it, yeah, it's like hard when you try and think of an opinion about the new Apple Watch. It's That's the one thing you kind of have to cling to. Sophie's laughing. Try, try <laughs> and think of an opinion. Connor's racking his brain. I mean, like, you're an LTE expert, expert so you should have a, you So know, last week, I feel like me and Connor both were like, yeah, no one needs LTE. Not no one, but I kind of said, not everyone needs LTE. Yeah. I've since kind of changed my mind, not in like an Apple fangirl way. So what I, would, what I would say is LTE is one of those things that was always going to happen. And it's one of those things that it's just kind of like a natural progression. But I don't think many people, as I said last week, are looking at the Series 3. If they've, if they've already got a series, series 2, for example, I don't think people are looking at LTE as a must-have kind of thing. I, I think you've already accepted that the watch is tethered at that point and you're kind of like, 
do I need but this? that's people who already own smartwatches so yeah, Apple of course. sells yeah. the most smartwatches mm-hmm. but what I'm thinking is most people still don't own smartwatches and if you've and never had be, one mm. and you're willing to spend that much money because it's like $330 or pounds anyway yeah. so it's 399 for the LTE one so if you're willing to spend that much money on an Apple fanboy or fangirl then you might think oh why would I have the one that doesn't yeah. work on its own that's fair I think um, it feels very split doesn't it I mean mm-hmm. I got after that announcement was made, I think it's very varied responses in terms of, oh, this is great, I'm def- this is definitely going to want me, make me want to buy an Apple Watch. And others, it's like, well, it's not that big a deal. And I think it really comes, I mean, a thing, something you have got to think about here is that you're going to have to pay additionally. I mean, this is the thing that we really need to talk about is that there's there's more money involved mm. on top of... That just makes me really annoyed. Yeah. Like, I think you should just get it for, like, a small amount and, extra on your bill. And this is the thing, like, you're not just... You are paying the monthly thing, but, like, the iPhone hasn't been... It just gets more expensive all the time. If you have the iPhone ten, you're already paying, what is it, like, $70, 70 pounds, and then add in another 10 five, like, where does it kind of... I mean, why do Apple need to... De- it's just... I don't understand, yeah. like, why they need to and do that. And it's locked but. to EE... In, in the this, UK, in the UK. Yeah. so if you're on like I'm on three, yeah, say um, if I had an Apple Watch, then I'd have to. Yeah. There'd be no like bundling even no. as an option. It's just locked to ease. So that, that I think that's annoying, and I think it assumes people just have masses of money each month. Well, I think uh, I think ja- James made a very good point uh, in his kind of response to this, and kind of said, you know, this feature has been around on smartwatches already. Samsung do it, Android Wear watches do it, yeah. LG yeah, Watch Sport has it. I don't know if it's really captured people's imagination, but you just have this feeling that if, if Apple are going to do it, people are going to say, well, actually, maybe I do need this. Mm. And it's going to be interesting when it kind of launches over the next couple of weeks, whether they kind of see that response. And obviously, Apple already kind of announced they're the number one watchmaker, and this could be a way for them to kind of Yeah, not strengthen just number their, one smartwatch. Yeah, one number, which is huge. You know, that's... For me, that's the big news. That, that's huge. And if, you know, you people like Rolex and companies that haven't kind of ventured into smartwatches yet, this is like, okay, well, we have to listen now. We have to pay attention to what Apple is doing. And maybe having LTE is going to be that next step where they kind of strengthen their hold on that kind of number one position. Should we talk about what it actually does? So they, they had a demonstration with Deirdre. Is that a name De- on the Deirdre, panel board? Deirdre. Deirdre? I don't know. I think that's Deirdre for, uh, Deirdre. for most people. Yeah. <laughs> they called it Deirdre. Anyway, she, so she yeah, was like Deirdre. taking this phone call on her watch when she was like yeah. out paddle boarding and you know they've got all these like surfing references i don't think that's what people use it for i think they might when they're like paddle, bo- when they're paddle boarding it. you're saying yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how many people are paddle this is what i don't know how many people are paddle boarding i mean you're the sporty watch. one yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well i'm not paddle boarding I I mean, most like people are running i think it's yeah. run, running is yeah, the obvious yeah. But but running the music is helpful. I wouldn't necessarily say you so want, the, do you take calls when you're running. I wouldn't want, want to. You wouldn't want to be yeah. distracted. Um, this is my. I just don't. I've never when I've been out. Like everyone just takes their phone with the money away. So like, I'm addicted when you're, to my when, phone. And when you're running, yeah. I've never been like, oh, maybe I'll. I don't need to know what you know, what text it is or like. I, need, I don't want to look like Dick Tracy, basically. <laughs> that's also yeah. That's also People a thing. Love Dick Tracy. <laughs> they do. We don't well, actually make Dick Tracy references, do we, on the site? No, we should. We should do more. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe just more. one. Yeah. One would be enough. It's hard. <laughs> I have no doubt. Like Apple may, always makes it look like an appealing feature. Um, I just have my doubts whether it is as appealing as they make it out. So the know? other thing to think about is, I'm really addicted to my phone now. We've just said, oh, 
you know, there's a like mm. there is a I, I can think of like streaming music. I'm not the kind of person who wants to like upload specific playlists and then you know, if I was going for a run, I'd kinda just like to be like, This is what I want to listen to right now. But this assumes that we're like also addicted to our phones, it's gonna stay that way. Yeah. Whereas part of what we're thinking about with wearable tech is you know, oh, you can maybe talk to Siri through the AirPods and you're wearing the watch and maybe we get to this place where you're not staring at your phone screen all day and mm. that might be a good thing. So this is Apple's kind of push toward more ambient computing and maybe that's where they're heading. And so we're mm. looking at it now in like September 2017 of like, what? why would you want that? We're, we're too close-minded, you're saying. I don't know, just think about the future. <laughs> also, no, I think I mean, what's, the, what's the impact on battery life as well? I mean, mm -hmm. Apple's not really playing around with a lot at the moment. If you've, you've got Frailty in the mix and you're kind they of... They have like, said it's more energy efficient than um, W2, yeah. not W2. You know, yeah. <laughs> How much more? I don't know. It's it's still going to have a, it's still gonna have an effect. If you're using it regularly, there's no doubt about that. Um, Should we um, see into the, the Fitbit Ionic? Speaking of yeah. Life, well, I yeah. I, I mean, that's probably a good. Uh, Sorry, can, can I have one last note on the on. LTE? So, if you're travelling as well, the LTE is limited. This is this only works. Oh my god! Yeah, let's definitely talk about this. This only yeah. works in the country you have bought your Apple Watch Series Three in, and you know, I, I think I mentioned it in the news story we wrote. It, it isn't something that's going to affect literally you know, like every. It's not something that would stop people. I don't think, unless you're a frequent traveller. But it's still just one of those. But there's things no other option, is there? Like, no, of course. Yeah, so. um, it's just one of it's one of those things. It's just it must be. I mean, it's not a carrier issue. It is something to do with Apple. Um, but it does kind of beg the question why they wouldn't let you just roam wherever you want. I mean, it's just strange. <laughs> roam free. Roam free. This, free. this reminds me of I actually looked up so. Paul wrote a story ages ago about Samsung doing an eSIM. Yeah. We should say that this is, you know, why it's all happening. It's yeah. an yeah. embedded SIM in the watch. The theory is that you can switch networks, although we'll see whether that ever happens. Yeah, so it's potentially like a frequency thing with the eSIM. With, yeah, it's just, again, I just don't, I mean, whether that comes further down the line, we'll see, but. Yeah. yeah. So what I was going to say is that, so Samsung did this with the Gear S2, and then they kind of seemed to abandon it, and then they did it again with the Gear S3 and they allowed people roaming so mm. they were like yeah it's fine and they also allowed people to like switch networks so i don't know how many people did that i don't know how many people bought that kind of frontier it must but the possibility be. is there that's, yeah that's so this, this eSIM is isn't so. just apple people are kind of you know suggesting that they're the first to do it they probably are the first to do it properly yeah, yeah. the device is global like we said um but yeah samsung and like microsoft and qualcomm and a bunch of other people are kind of part of this eSIM mm. thing so, yeah, Samsung seemed to have been letting people roam for free, which, you know, we all travel quite a lot. Yeah. And that would just really annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, paying for an extra contract. Yeah, because you basically just got a glorified Series 2 with a, you know, it once, well, once, you, once, once you're traveling, it's just <laughs> it's like, well, take. yeah, that's the main reason I think people will be buying it over. Well, there is no Series 2 anymore as well. Oh, yeah, the Series 2 died. We should mention that. Mm. Rest, Rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah. Series 2. We'll miss you. We'll series 1 still exists. Yes. Yeah, no, cheaper? Is it cheaper? Yeah. I th yeah, I'm not too sure actually on that. Cheaper, but still cheaper. not cheaper. And it'll obviously yeah. be a, another Nike Plus edition, yeah. which will kind of go, go through the same, have the same kind of f formula to the previous one and may have some kind of extra software, but it's... Those perforated straps. Those perforated straps will Get be them. back. Yeah. Big fan. Customised watch faces. I feel like there's some new models with you. 
we've got some new much. we've got some new straps, haven't we? Like there's a new so fabric there's a gold, kind of strap. A new gold there is like yeah. a gold brush kind of finish. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've also still got the ceramic and the stainless steel. So yeah. Oh, we should say actually those two additions, the ceramic and stainless steel, they don't come with the non LTE option. Like you have to have those with LTE. Oh really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. More money. But they're more expensive anyway. Aren't you would they? kind so of just yeah, be going yeah. for it, yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like higher on the bracket, isn't it? So okay, uh, let's talk about Fitbit. Let's talk about Fitbit. So yeah, battery life. Apple Watch is eighteen hours still. They were saying that kind of yeah. a day's use. Yeah, they're saying good? they're saying all day battery life, isn't it? All day battery kind life. Of like, yeah. yeah. What's the Fitbit? It is a impressive four days. Well, it's four days battery life, which is <laughs> significantly more than what uh, Apple can offer at the moment, and. I've been testing it. Obviously, we, the reviews going up on the site. You can go out, go over, and have a look. Um, me, myself, and Hugh done a quite an in-depth, comprehensive test and given our verdict on the Ionic. And yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll say that. We get so we gave it three and a half stars out of five, which is seven seven out of ten. Um, we debated over this quite a lot we've obviously been intensively testing it over the last few weeks and uh, yeah it's in terms of being a a kind of rival to the apple watch it's not quite there yet there's a there's a lot of good things about it you know the design is going to kind of divide people it's kind of gro- it. it's is, grown I've on me i think it's grown on me i think the first time we all saw the design in kind of like the renders and things like that we were kind of like oh god like this doesn't it didn't look that nice. Like if you were thinking this is going to be their big uh, chance to rival Apple, once we've all seen it in person now, it it's kind of grown on us. Let's have a look, Mike. Mike's got it on right there now. There it is. I've got it on. Um, I will say the battery is on thirty-five percent. But when did you last charge it, Mike? Charged it about two days ago, I think. So Solid. it's pretty nice. It's been yeah. It's it, it's been just nice to not have to think about charging it. Mm. Um, well, not yet anyway. I mean. <laughs> Um, you and bought that's, some Starburst with Fitbit Pay earlier. I did. I bought, nice. <laughs> I bought some Starburst. Uh, bought myself a drink yesterday after the gym. It was brilliant. Ooh. Like, and it, the great thing for me is it just worked. And I always panic about using contactless stuff, just anything. Yeah. Still, that moment, still like, that moment. Still that moment. And I'm work. kind of looking around the supermarket. Do you think people? At, I'm going to be an idiot. And security, it's not work. security guards potentially. Like, what's he doing? He's putting his watch up. Uh, but no, it's got, Fitbit Pay works. You know, it's not rever revelation in terms of a feature but it works and that's the main thing but so what do you want to see so you said it's not so the software is still very buggy we should say that i i I ran a kind of beta version of the software and hugh out in the us ran a review version but it's it's, there's still some issues there's some missing features that will hopefully come out closer to launch so the music kind of streaming and playback support outside of the us um, the in-ear audio coaching for the coach mode is actually coaching platform was actually really really good and I think there's going to be a lot of kind of interest on that side so yeah th- there's a lot to be to be positive about the Ionic but yeah there's not get there's no getting away from the fact that there are some issues some some minor things that kind of held it back and we didn't really feel we could we were justified in giving it a similar score to what we gave the Apple Watch Series 2 and the LG Watch Sport which is kind of our kind of stand out Android Wear watch 
I'm optimistic that they'll they'll get it right, you know, before October. I hope they do because so does it have a specific release date in October? We don't know yet, but it will be opt- It's going to start shipping in October. We know that. Um, so it's what three hundred dollars, three hundred pounds. Yeah, like I said, I hope I hope they they get everything that they need to get fixed and kind of tweaked and optimized. And I still think people will. I think people will buy. People will like it. Um, let's just hope you know it doesn't have too many issues when it arrives. Really, I think. Doesn't this just feel like a missed opportunity in a way, though? Like to have these kind of bugs going out. Yeah, it does. Like, it does. It does. But no one has one yet. Apart no, from people, I mean, like, and this is, and I think, wearable. and I think, you know, yeah, we were, you know, we were select few to get to get hold of one of these, and I mean, then you know, Fitbit has made it very clear to us it's not the software is not the finished article, and in terms of where it is, it's it's very very close. It's just you know, it's not long to go until it has to go out mm. to people. Uh, so I feel like they've got a lot of work to do. We still need to see what's going to happen on the app front as well. You know, there's only six or seven apps, and mostly of most of them are Fitbit. So there's work to be done. There's definitely work to be done, and I I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be surprised if Fitbit are manically working to get this get this right before October. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it's um, um, tell us about how Fitbit is the brand of sports cheaters. <laughs> brand news. The brand of sports. Ah, so well, I mean, yeah, well, it won't be the Ionic, but so we, you know, we, uh, there was a story a couple of weeks ago about yeah, Boston Red Sox stealing s- signals from yeah. the uh, the, y- the New York Yankees. It's baseball. That, baseball. That is the baseball, <laughs> Sophie. The big baseball. Um, I feel like if it pushed, I would have known that. <laughs> So initially, it was um, believed to be an Apple Watch that was used from the dugout and kind of the whole idea of this kind of cheating. But a writer, a sports writer from the Boston Globe has kind of come out and has heard from a source within the kind of governing body that it was actually a Fitbit. Now, we don't know what Fitbit that will be, but I mean, it's likely it's probably going to be a a surge or a blaze. Um, I actually saw James Park kind of share the... uh, that information with a little wink emoji so i think he must have found it quite amusing <laughs> <It's> amazing <laughs> but yeah it just it kind of opens up that what it does it opens up the debate about wearables in sport and during the kind of during the game and how they're used and what should be used and i think this is a a, a discussion that's going to happen for you know for a few you know a few years down the line because mm. there's so many devices that can kind of give you an advantage not just you know from seeing you know kind of spying on the opponents and kind of sharing information but also in terms of performance so yeah I, I definitely think this is kind of just reopen that that discussion about you know the role that you know wearables have in kind of sport it's interesting with the MLB as well because they've out of all the kind of professional sports leagues they've been one of the more open to you know, to wearable tech so now that this has become yeah it's like a semi it's on people's radar that wouldn't yeah. usually you know, tap into like wearable stuff so I think now that that's become a thing where they actually like kind of reverse how they view them. I think the big problem with a lot of these sports leagues is they don't really understand how you know different teams can potentially exploit them uh, before kind of like allowing things. I think that's why and also it's messy with contract stuff. Um, I think that's the big reason why the NBA uh, hasn't let you know players with the whoop strap and things like that yeah. you know We'll see what the MLB does with regards to the Red Sox. I think they might get banned. I think they might all get banned. Yeah, I think, I, but I think that's, I think that's what it's that's that's likely ban situation. Yeah. Ban everything. What was the uh, the Nike shirt as well? That was like yeah. So so shirt. the the NBA has so their previous like apparel uh, was Adidas. It's now Nike, um, and I think just as like a fan thing, 
uh, on the bottom panel of, of each jersey now. Fans can tap their smartphone on and it will give them, say, like, um, like highlights, you know, can go stream straight to their, to their phone. Um, also kind of player entries. I think players can also send kind of like social media style uh, videos to, to, to this kind of app. It's the Night Connect app. And while this is cool, I, you know, it's, it's good to see kind of Nike embracing smart clothing in a way. Um, it's also just interesting to see where it goes from here. If they've already dedicated an app to it, then the NFL could get involved. There's football teams that also wear Nike stuff. So, yeah, I think it's one of those things they will look to build on. What should we talk about now? Hmm. Um, question. Oh, we need to talk about the, the poll that's captured the... The hearts and minds. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. Because Mike started it, so you should just own it, Mike. Well, we don't need to talk about it because Bagels won. Bagels won. Uh, We should explain the poll. Mike, do you want to run everyone through it? Well, it was a Monday morning, and obviously, you know, Mondays when we have the big big topics, big questions, mm. talk about the weekend, mm. and then also... Uh, In Mike's copious spare time. I uh, It'd been bothering me for quite a while, actually, but I just didn't feel captivated to share it with the team, but right. I really wanted to know... You sat us all down, didn't well, you? Yeah. You kind of I didn't do... It wasn't like a formal meeting, but right. um, I, I felt we need, it needed to be discussed, mm. and we discussed it, and we put it out to the people, you know, which is better, bagels or crumpets? And the people spoke in their numbers. The people are wrong. And the it people wasn't spoke. Scientific, and you didn't give them enough time. The people spoke in their numbers. Twenty-eight votes. Twenty-eight um, votes. And they voted Team Bagel. Goodness. And uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for the next uh, yeah. food-related. I was poll. Team Crumpet because I would rather bagels didn't exist than crumpets, and I think they're decadent. And I think they're a lovely thing to have some. I so I am Team Bagel. Um, I. Do not mind crumpets. Crumpets are a nice time. Um, my Stop issue, sitting on the fence. Just call my it. my issue. It's like the original team bagels. My my issue with crumpets is when I have one, it's more of a oh that was nice. I'll have another one in three months. Whereas bagels, I feel like I could probably have like. It's not a, about quantity. But there's it's also quality, quality with the yeah. bagel, Sophie. I feel like I could have four bagels a week potentially with different toppings this is a great insight into connor's uh, eating habits well yeah uh, that he would uh, comfortably go through bagel and pasta Ooh, i mean should we yeah. hype getting swole should we hype we should hype getting swole? Oh, we should we should yeah. definitely right now, hype this speaking of so pas- pasta diary, pasta diary day, but that's all it, set to change it is possibly. all set to change so f- i mean starting from monday officially but um i will be hitting the gym i'll be hitting the weights Getting hench, essentially getting hench. What's um, the official title of this diary? Mm, we we, we, Connor gets hench. Lil Milk gets hench. Yeah, but then I feel like we, yeah, I don't know. We'll workshop a title. I feel, okay. but the suggestions goal suggestions can be sent. Yeah, in yeah. Get your get your suggestions in. Um, what do you want to see Connor happen to Connor? Basically? Little Milk goes. Yeah. Do you want to see him get hench? Mm. And yeah. Ripped. So the goal, the goal of this diary, is to kind of. Well, it's just to see kind of if you're training in the gym. I think a lot of people, if they're, you know, there's a lot of stuff for runners, cyclists. I don't think there is a lot out there for people who, you know, weightlift. Uh, I think it's to see whether there is wearable tech out there that can help you, you know, improve if you, yeah, if you I have think a it's... specific goal in mind, whether that is, can be achieved with the help of a wearable. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the key thing that we, we want to try and kind of explore here is fitness trackers are there for 
for runners and cyclists and swimmers and what about if you don't care about that stuff and you go straight for the weights and like you that's all you care about you know what what do fitbit apple garmin samsung these guys offer and do you do you need to go for something specialist well we're going to find out over the kind of we weeks if that is the uh, if that's the case i'll be uh, i'll be tapping tapping my wrist a lot getting probably getting judged quite a, quite a bit but you know what i'm ready for it sharing some pictures on instagram yeah, I'll be probably taking some mirror selfies um, from the wearable account. Can you share your uh, Instagram handle? Don't share it. Don't share At it. Connor Allison, for all those <laughs> interested. <laughs> when does the diary start? The diary will start on Monday. Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we can have an update. Sophie looked at me then like, oh, God, you need to get to work. Wait, are you sure? Probably be going to the gym Well, right this now. is the thing. I am, I've been in the gym for the past couple of weeks. But you need to go to this the gym all, now. Yeah, <laughs> this all sounds like one terrible, like not very humble brag. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've been preparing myself. So we'll see what happens. I think we're going to try and do this for you know, a couple of months. So yeah, there'll be a big Christmas yeah. reveal. A transformation. Be, yeah, I'll, that's <laughs> what we should know. do. Instead of just you know regular updates, I'll just have a before and after selfie that I can put <laughs> side by side. Fabulous. Okay, so we've talked about the Apple Watch Series Three and the Fitbit Ionic. Hugh Langley and Hussein Sumra are in San Francisco. Hugh's been co-authoring the Fitbit review with Mike, and they'll be talking about their thoughts on Apple as well. Hey there, this is Hugh, US editor of Wearable, coming at you live from a paddleboard, which is the good news. The bad news is that we couldn't both fit on this side, so I'm joined by Hussein Sumra, our US reporter, who is swimming alongside me. Hello, Hussein. Oh. AKA Town Square, which yes. is your new nickname. Can you just explain that a little so bit? During Apple's keynote, uh, when they were talking about their retail stores, Angela Arendt came on and said, our retail stores, we call them town squares. Hmm. Of course, they're not actual town squares because you can't get like little mom and pop sellers to come and sell things in an Apple store. It's just all corporate merchandise. <laughs> and you can't also like... You can't just go like do a protest inside an Apple store. They're not going to do that like you could at a town square. So everything is a town square now. Okay, including your nickname. Yeah. Great. On to the main topic, uh, Apple Watch Series 3 with LTE. Uh, we now have on. I have it on my wrist right now. We are still putting it through its paces in terms of testing the LTE connectivity. We just wanted to kick off with some thoughts, initial thoughts on, on the new watch. For me not much has changed like really I'm wearing it now I just feel like I'm wearing the same series 2 I was earlier other than the, the very strange red dot on the crown yeah, the red dot I don't and did they explain like what the red dot's for it no it's just it just seems to be a, a, a way of you know separating this from the others it looks like a screen record button like if you press yeah it, it should just record everything on the watch it's a very strange decision they make and, and also it, it clashes with a lot of the bands which is, which is a shame as well but you know, otherwise it's it's, it's the same watch. Um, obviously, what's really changed is inside the LTE. What's interesting is when I was talking to them about it is that you know that they're still positioning this as a, a kind of uh, the LTE aspect as like a piecemeal feature. So they're not expecting you to to uh, use this all day, and in, and certainly you can only get an hour of continuous talk time with the LTE, which is pretty low. Yeah. Apple is positioning this. You know, strictly its messaging is this isn't a replacement for the iPhone. This is you know, for those moments of the day where it's a little more convenient. It's a five-minute conversation here and there um, or getting a message. It's it's not, you know, it's not seeing this as a, as a full replacement for the iPhone. It sounds like it's more for people who get anxiety when they're away from their phone. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's 
absolutely right. But it, it's, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see like how that plays out. We've, we've had cellular watches in the past, of course, yeah. with some of the, the Android Wear cohort. I mean, Apple's done, a, to give it credit, has done a good job of keeping the, the Apple Watch design. I mean, very, very much the same. I mean, the only difference is like 0.2 millimeters uh, extra thickness. I mean, you can you can barely tell. Yeah. And it's you know same weight and everything. So it's it, it's it's not um, noticeably different at all. So they've done a good job of managing to cram all of that in. Design is actually why I think now is the right time for them to add LTE because last for the first watch didn't have GPS. Mm. The second watch did, and now they have LTE, and now now they can. Work focus on miniaturizing all those components to eventually redesign and make the watch thinner and lighter and whatever. And there are some other cool things with watchOS 4 as well. Um, Siri now talks back to you. I think that's that's cool. Again, it's it's about having that you know hands-free from your phone experience. Especially um, with AirPods, that. that would be cool. Also on watchOS 4, there's some other improvements. Honeycomb grid, you can now turn to scroll grid, and, and, and that makes more sense with the digital yeah. crown I mean you've been using watchOS 4 what are your it's, thoughts it's a about? lot of it's a compilation of a lot of the small things that makes watchOS 4 better like uh, my favorite thing that I've seen is when you're listening to music mm. and you look at your watch it's automatically like brings up your music so you can easily like lower the volume mm. uh, change track stuff like that other stuff is the Apple news app if you're like a news junkie it's f the problem with a lot of Apple news uh, like news apps on Apple watch is that they're specific to publications. So you have to pick like either the Washington Post or New York Times or whatever, especially for complications. But with the Apple News app, it, it aggregates like a bunch of different sources. So you don't have to choose, you get all of it at once. Um, some of the early testers noticed that there was a problem with the cellular connection when you're out and about and the watch would hook onto uh, public Wi-Fi's like Starbucks, so it's gonna captive portal Wi-Fi's. And when it did so, the cellular connection would stop working. I asked Apple about this. Um, Apple's you know, line is there is a problem. They've acknowledged that. They're rolling out an update. There will be something to fix this. The problem is that Apple couldn't guarantee when I asked that it will be in time for the watch going on sale, which is this mm -hmm. Friday. So it's a little concerning. I mean, I don't know what your yeah. thoughts on this. I, I don't think it's a massive cause con concern, especially as not everyone seemed to have that problem. Um, yeah, they'll eventually like, fix it eventually, but the... The concern is that the, the watch where the big new features, LTE, the LTE might not work like super <laughs> well is, is concerning. But I, I know that like that feature apparently is also a big issue on iOS, like on iPhone too. So mm. it's weird that it, it's like, it's carried over to the Apple Watch, mm. but it's, it's more of a problem on the Apple Watch than the iPhone mm. for some reason. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it sounds like it's a problem that could be fixed with the software. I don't think yeah. we're talking like another antenna gate or anything like that. I think this is something that Apple can hopefully nix. Um, hopefully as well, very quickly, because people are going to be getting their watches later this week and, you know, they don't want to have to deal with that problem. Yeah. I think just finally, it's also interesting to talk in the, uh, the Series 3 as it lands in the landscape of other watches. We just reviewed the Fitbit Ionic, which is Fitbit's self-proclaimed first smartwatch, and it is going up against some different devices this time. How do you feel about how Apple is positioned now? Do you think it's do you think it's strong? Do you think it's in a weaker place right now compared to I think it's in, rivals? I think it's probably in the strongest place because it is the most mainstream smartwatch, and by Apple's own mysterious metric, they're the number one smartwatch too. Mm. Uh, the LTE, the apps, the complications, um, and the fitness features. A lot of all. all it doesn't hit the ionic feature by feature like or potential like sleep apnea at least now it has stuff like gym kit 
which could be super, super like helpful and interesting in a small way that builds over time. Mm. Uh, so I think it's strongly positioned. I think Fitbit has more of a hill to climb than Apple does mm. in mm. terms of competition. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I like the Ionic a lot, Fitbit. A lot of people bought the Fitbit Blaze. Like, I, a yeah. lot of people wear it. It's not the best looking smartwatch or fitness trackers, Fitbit, would have you call it. But I mean, the Ionic is not a great looker, but I think one of the things the Ionic does have over the Apple Watch is that it's really is a 24-7 device. And I think that's because it's a bit more of a fitness tracker yeah. in the sense that, you know, it will also do your sleep. It will do all the fitness stuff, but I can wear it to bed. I, I think, like I mentioned in the review, like there, when I was reviewing it, there wasn't really a time where I needed to take it off other than to charge it. Apple's problem is the battery life still. Yeah. I mean, Fitbit's pushing four plus days on the Ionic. Apple's still 18 hours, and that doesn't change with the Series 3. And obviously, if you're using LTE within it's that, less. Apple says it still quotes 18 hours with you using a mix of LTE and not LTE. But obviously, if you're just on call time, yeah. that's massively going to, to cut it. So Apple still hasn't really got an all day, all night smartwatch here. And I think that's 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 the negative point on it. You know, it can't it can't do sleep tracking. You know, Apple wants to do sleep tracking because it just bought Bedit. I mean, it's clear that that's yeah. you know sleep. You know, it's part of the Apple Health ecosystem. But at the same time, you can't really track your sleep. There are third party apps, but you know, it's hard to it's hard for Apple to really I think make a big song and dance about sleep when it knows that the biggest problem is battery life. Yeah. I mean, look at I think the US networks at the moment. It's ten dollars. It seems to be the average. I think that's a little high. I'd like to see it go a little lower than that. Hopefully, it will over time especially because i think uh iphone like smartphone lines the align access fee is i think 20 dollars on most networks mm. so um, a wa the watch would be half that mm. which is a big ask mm. for mm. a device you might not use the lte as much on mm. so that's it from us keep your eyes on wearable in the coming days we'll be publishing our full apple watch series 3 lte review to close out, um, a few days ago, I went along to the Hacks Accelerator Day. Now, Hacks is a seed accelerator based in San Francisco and Shenzhen, China. And they were putting on a day where they were just displaying all the interesting startups they have um, and all the cool things they're doing. So to close out, we've just got a couple of interviews. The first is with Aaron Rowley, uh, co-founder of Vue. Now, Vue uh, are the creators of the smart glasses that were a massive Kickstarter hit. They raised just north of... $2 million, um, and they're now ramping up to launch later this year. Second is with Rohan Dixit, CEO of Leaf Therapeutics. Leaf Therapeutics, making a really interesting wearable called the Leaf that you wear on your chest, and it's all about beating stress. So I'm here with Aaron from Vue at the Hacks Day. Uh, we're here to talk about the Vue smart glasses. Uh, we've spoken to you guys in the past a few times. Give us an update of where you are, when your smart glasses are actually going to be something people can buy. Yeah, so we were on Kickstarter in October through December of 2016. Um, so now we're here in September 2017 and we're scheduled to ship by the end of this year. Um, so that will be Kickstarter units and then of course pre-order units as well. So the goal is to get all those pre-order units out by the end of 2017 and then early 2018 switch to uh, direct sales for okay. the consumer market. Can you just give us a rundown as well of the main features? Yeah, so we started pretty simple. So we have kind of two feature suites. Uh, we have a fitness component, so the glasses will track your steps, your distance traveled, and your calories burned throughout the day. Um, they'll do that independent of the phone and then sync up with the phone later and display that in an app. 
and then we have an audio uh, component as well. So phone conduction speakers, which transmit audio into your inner ear without earbuds, and then couple that with a microphone so you can make hands-free phone calls, uh, query voice assistants like Siri and Google Now, and then you can, of course, stream uh, music or podcasts or things like that directly to the mm -hmm. frames. Mm -hmm. So unlike um, some of the other smart glasses we've seen, you're not doing anything visual. It's all in audio. Why have you decided to do glasses and not a hearable? Yeah, so I think um, glasses is one of those form factors, um, you know, unlike many of these hearables that people are super familiar with. There's already an existing population out there, you know, 65% actually of the American population that puts these on every day. Uh, they don't leave the house without them. And so if you're looking at a form factor that, you know, people already integrate into their daily routines, um, you're really looking at eyewear. Mm. And so we think there's a really strong case to be made that you know, this is going to be really familiar to people. There's a lower barrier to entry just in terms of being comfortable with them. Um, and by making the glasses as close as possible to that existing form factor, we think we stand a chance of um, seeing some pretty good adoption. And obviously battery is another problem we come across every day with wearables. Yeah. What, what kind of battery life can people expect from this? Yeah, so if you're just sort of engaging with the fitness component, you're going to see three days of battery life uh, on the glasses. And then if you're doing audio stuff, it's going to be about five hours of continuous audio. Um, so five hours on the low end, three days on the max end. Uh, we have a charging case, which is um, portable. So if you're out of the house and you're at the office um, and it runs out of battery, you throw it in the charging case and you can recharge um, in a matter of minutes. So um, that portable charging case will kind of help extend that, uh, that battery life. You're using music in there, which is done through bone conduction audio. Can you explain how that's going to sound for people? And if I'm walking by someone who's wearing these, am I going to hear what they're listening to? Yeah, so bone conduction, um, if you're not familiar with it, it uses these vibrations to um, transmit sound waves essentially through your bones uh, directly to your inner ear. So it doesn't use your, it bypasses your eardrum essentially. Um, so just by its nature, it's a different experience than um, in-ear audio um, or over-the-ear audio. So uh, one factor that is troublesome is that there can be leakage, especially at high, high volumes because the vibrations become really intense. Um, we think there's um, some cool opportunities to, to drive that down. Um, and so uh, we have some really cool R&D activities going on to, to improve that experience, I think, um, better than anything else that's on the market. Uh, but you know, I think it's also important to get the message out there that um, you know, this isn't quite a high fidelity audio experience. Um, in the same way that noise canceling headphones might be. Um, this is more about having access to certain audio features in a convenient form factor uh, consolidated down into one accessory. So, you know, at certain environments, at certain loud volumes, there could be leakage. Um, but your general sort of day-to-day -day activity in the office, on the go, in your home, uh, you'll, you'll be totally fine. I'm here at Hacks with Rohan from Leaf Therapeutics. Rohan, tell us, what is Leaf? So Leaf is a smart patch that helps you control your natural stress response by teaching you biofeedback. The Leaf is a clinical monitor of HRV, and it's actually an EKG device, an ECG device. And so uh, it is a patch. It sticks on right next to your heart, and it's collecting your breathing and your heart rate. And basically, the thing that's really unique about the Leaf, which is, I think, uh, kind of interesting, is that it can give you real-time biofeedback through vibration patterns. And that makes you aware of your heart rate and teaches you to control it consciously with your willpower. Um, so if you get stressed out, you can actually calm yourself back down. So it's something you wear as a patch. Where do you wear it and how long do you wear it for? You wear the patch uh, right on your chest. Uh, so it kind of 
It's very thin and flexible. It just sticks right on your body with some uh, skin-safe stickers that we provide. And uh, some people who have maybe social anxiety, they might wear it at a party. You, know, you could take it wherever you, wherever you feel like you might be anxious, and you could use something in the moment that would help you be more relaxed and so you have a better experience. And when will this be available to buy? So you can already pre-order it on our website at getleaf.com. And we'll start shipping in November of 2017 of this year, which is about two months from now. Just finally, you're working with the Hacks Accelerator. Can you talk about that experience, how long you've been working with them, and how they've helped you? So Hacks is a hardware accelerator based in San Francisco and Shenzhen, China. And Shenzhen is the kind of new Silicon Valley for hardware. And what Hacks really helps young companies do is find those relationships with manufacturers, with suppliers, all the stuff you need to make a hardware product, and get it done at lightning speed. So they've been incredibly supportive. They give you a couple hundred K and, uh, and the resources and the connections you need to make your product into reality and get it into people's hands. Do they tie you up with other projects as well going on? Are you kind of all talking to each other? You know, it's, it's very incestuous, the, uh, the Hacks community. So, uh, you know, some of our team have been working previously for other Hacks companies that they founded, and then people cycle through. We all help each other out. It's, uh, it's a network that I think is really good to have, a lot of smart people, and a great experience. Highly recommend it if you have a hardware product. So that's episode two, done and dusted. Remember, you can read all the latest news, interviews, and reviews over on the Wearable site right now. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll be back on the podcast again in two weeks' time. And remember, listeners, keep wearing it well. What time did you get up? Like, normal time. I'm tired. What? what time? 7 22. Ugh, it's only like six hours sleep. Yeah, exactly. All right. This-